Beauty Republic podcast. We will be sharing ideas, opinions, and education on a variety of topics under the canopy of the beauty industry, but through the lens of inclusivity and with the intent to deconstruct colonialist ideals. We also plan to deeply explore the ways that we can care for ourselves while respecting all living entities of our planet through awareness and conservation. If you ever wondered what your esthetician thought, this is the time to tune in. Like every episode, we start it with a question. We want to welcome everyone back. And um, the question that we are asking ourselves on this particular podcast is, what is self-care and how do you do it? So without further ado, we wanted to introduce our very first guest, who is a wonderful person and member of the community. And without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to Marisa to please introduce Miss Sandra Morse. Thank you, Christina. And yes, thank you for tuning back into our podcast and for being with us today. I have the honor and privilege of introducing Sandra Morse, who I can share um, from my experience is a pillar in our community. She, for me, is a teacher. Um, she's a healer. She really does a lot for our community. And I really wanted to, I wanted to say that because I feel like um, we all do so much in various ways, but someone who holds so much responsibility, at least from an outside perspective, I wanted to get some insight as to how she practices self-care and sustains the energy to continue to do the various things that she does. So um, Sandra, will you please share a little bit about what you do in the community and what that looks like? <laughs> okay. Um, well, really, you know, what I do is I extend invitations. That's what I do. I give people invitations. I extend invitations so that people can have all kinds of experiences of themselves and each other. Whenever you create an environment where people can come together, find their best self, and connect with other people who are finding their best selves, magic happens. So, you know, people naturally want that. They come together, they learn, they grow, they heal. And so then we end up calling it a community. And it's pretty magical to find ourselves with each other and through each other. Okay, I, um, I have to say that I love how it's so simply put. Yeah. <laughs> right yes. when you're in it, it doesn't quite feel that almost small and simple. It's so it's big magical medicine, if you will, just being in the community. Um, and I just wanted to kind of share that you work with the dance community here in Tucson. Can you just kind of share a little bit about what that looks like? Because for me, that's a big part of my self-care practice. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, during COVID, we don't get to have the opportunity to dance on a real solid dance floor together, but we've managed in the park. Mm -hmm. So 10 years ago, I discovered the work of a woman named Gabrielle Roth and wanted it for myself. And when I understood that the more freedom you have to move your body, the more freedom you have to be yourself. And the only way I can really expand my vocabulary of movement is by watching you move and mimic you. And so the whole idea and notion of having more access to myself through you is something that has always appealed to me. And so dance was the perfect exploration of how I can expand my own vocabulary of movement, expand my own self, and have you be in the same field where you're expanding yourself and 
you benefit from my movement and I benefit from yours. And that's been the springboard of a lot of other opportunities for us to come together to nurture ourselves through our relationship with each other, which I think is key. Mm -hmm. I think that's a key, a key component of self-care, to be able to really understand who we are in relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. So that it's not something I'm out there doing to myself to get better. I really object to that. I object to that whole notion of self-care in order to get better, right? So, And it's interesting because we were talking about this this morning. Like We both like we Googled self-care. Like, what are the tips? What are the techniques? And you can come up with like a list of 10 different actions to take, but would you speak a little bit more towards like self-care as, as this way of nurturing yourself and the community because you're speaking of it on a much deeper level than... Yes, well, let me go back to... Please. Let me go back to, I have six sisters. I have three older sisters and three younger sisters. And I, you know, I'm 62, so I grew up in a time when... To be pretty meant something, right? And my three older sisters did an awful lot of work in order to be pretty. A uh, lot, of, lot of energy went into being pretty. And I was lucky enough to be an observer of it. I wasn't in it, but I was observer of it. And I observed enough to not even want to go there. I didn't want to try to be pretty. I didn't want to try to, you know, have my looks be what gets me to where I'm going. I just fundamentally objected to that. So I have always been suspicious of self-care being like a hidden agenda for women to have to present themselves a certain way that I really object to. I just fundamentally object to it. So just through my experience, not through anything mm -hmm. else, right? And so for me, if self-care has anything to do with getting better in order to be pretty, forget it. I don't want it. I'm not doing it. Now, on the other hand, I'm 62 years old. I got a wrinkly face. I want to do something about that. <laughs> so I'm not completely immune from it either, right? It's not that I want to get pretty. It's just that I just don't want to get old so fast, right? And it's happening very quickly. But so when when uh, when people when you asked me if I would talk about self-care. Really, really, how I take care of myself is in a whole nother domain. It's in a whole nother way. So, sorry about that. I have to turn mm -hmm. this off. So my, shall I just continue? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Okay, so my idea, really, and it always has been for decades, my idea of taking care of myself is by taking care of what's right in front of me. Mm -hmm. By just taking care of what's right in front of me. So if it's a homeless person or if it's my child, or a friend of my child, or, you know, just take care of what's right in front of me. That's my idea. And I'm a service-oriented gal, you know. When I know who I am, I am you. And when I don't know who I am, I serve you. And in serving you, I'm returned to who I am. That is my idea of self-care. Taking care and being of service to my fellow human beings. And whenever I do that, it strengthens my life force energy. And so long as my life force energy is strengthened, I'm well cared for, right? You know, so I can deal with the eyebrows and the face masks and the <laughs> yoga and the meditation, all secondary. What's primary for me is to be of service. And that's my, that's where magic happens for me. 
and in the realm of just taking care of what's right in front of me. I love that. And I also, if you're really, really hearing and listening to what Sandra is saying, I think that you now understand why she's our first guest. <laughs> because I feel like it's a, just a really lovely way to set the tone for not only how we practice self-care, because this morning Christina and I were talking, and that question was posed to me a few weeks ago by Christina and Vanessa, like, Marissa, what are you doing to care for yourself? And in that moment, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I literally said to them, like, I don't know, but I know I feel good right now, so I must be doing it. I just am not consciously aware of what it looks like. I don't have a routine, per se. And so when you're speaking that, and I shared this with Christina before we um, started recording, I was like, I don't. I do it in so many different ways, similar to what you described. Like, I dance when I can. I eat what I want when I want because for me it just feels right. I do things that I want to do when I can. And when I can't, like you just said, I just take care of what's in front of me. So I love it. How I love how it's so simply put and that if we just do what's, pay attention to what's in front of us, do what's calling or pay attention to what's calling us, it's so much simpler then, like you said, this act of, I agree with you, and that being in the beauty industry or the self-care industry, it's almost a chore, right? Or like when you do it that way, it really is the opposite of self-care. It's taking from the energy that you're having to give that in order to be something that you're really not. I feel like it's taking much more than you're actually getting from it. It's not, it's not for me, a healthy way of practicing self-care. There's so much that I want to say right now, and I I just want to I want to back up why we invited you on as our very first guest because I do really think that the idea behind this podcast is not to be at a surface level, and so much of what is in the beauty industry and what is presented to us as beauty is very much a surface. It's a shellac. It is the latest um, guasha tool or tweezers or whatever it is to encourage people to buy or encourage people to task and really what we're talking about when we're talking about self-care is protecting that life force energy that vitality that's what we're trying to and we were talking there was something there was an article that we had both kind of looked at briefly that talked about like the definition of what self-care was and it was through a psychologist it was in psychology today and but it talked about protecting um, your energy to survive and to thrive and really that's where you know how how to connect with yourself and how to um, stay connected to that um, as a way of living instead of as a way of attending to you being tired so this is taking a much deeper look mm-hmm. am I getting yeah, yeah and, you know then one asks begs for the question why are you tired yes you know and are you tired because you're angry and and holding grudges and not forgiving people and not forgiving yourself and being gossipy and judgmental and difficult and like you know that that is the opposite of self-care mm-hmm. one could look through the lens of the way you talk as a way of being how you take care of yourself. Are you loving in your speech? Are you forgiving in your speech? Are you trusting? Are you accepting, right? As a way of relating and engaging. Are you working on 
how you're engaging with people as a way of taking care of yourself. That's a big part of self-care, how you relate, how you listen. I think that, and it's where we all need to be tending to right now. So probably that was alluded to or spoken about in the article of Psychology mm -hmm. Today, because yes. all of that strengthens your life force energy when you speak with love and you relate mm -hmm. with love and you bring love back and you put the fear down and you pick the love up and Absolutely. you start to understand that it's who you are and what you bring that matters, not what you do and what you have. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, Absolutely. yes, I think you've hit the nail on that. <laughs> This also brings in um, one of the topics that I love to speak with you about, which is ontology mm -hmm. and the practice. Could you maybe um, shed a little bit of light or describe that a little bit to our viewers that don't know what that is? Well, we could talk about it really simply and just say that we're human beings. Ontology is the study of beingness. We're human beings. We can't determine what happens to us. What we can do is determine what we're going to do with what happens to us. And that, that is your being. Your being is determined by how you respond, by how you cultivate yourself. Human beings are, uh, we're habituated and we practice all the time, all the time, all the time. We're always practicing. How we get up in the morning is a practice. How we eat is a practice. How we exercise or not exercise or drink water or not drink water, you know, we are habituated and it's important to start to pay attention to what you're practicing. What are you, what are you doing every day? And is it, and what is it, what kind of result is it rendering you? Does it make you feel good? You feel empowered in your life? Do you have a lot of love in your life? Love is a practice. Speaking is a practice. Listening is a practice. So it's important to pay attention to what you're practicing and that you know that that cultivates the quality of your being and that's what ontology is sort of about you know we can <laughs> say it very simply said right but what I do is I help people to understand how to practice ways of being that for enhance your life force energy yes 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 <laughs> and that I can tell you has been expansive in so many different ways, so many different ways. I do hope that our listeners have an opportunity to take some of these nuggets and to practice or to cultivate or to just perhaps sit with them and begin to think about these different ways of um, how we talk to ourselves, yes. how we practice love, yes, how we cultivate yeah. our languaging and, and how we express our love, our desires to other people. That is such a good thing for us. It's the beginning of the year, a new year, 2021. We could all ask ourselves the question, how much do we love? And who is the beneficiary of our love? You know, who, who, who's the recipient of your love? Who do you love? And how do they feel being loved by you? And how do you feel when they, how, about how they feel about being loved by you? And what's in the way? of you being more loving. What what prevents that from happening? You know, are you hurt? Have you have you not tended to a wound? Or is there something you've not tended to that's blocking your capacity to love and to be loved? You know, that's the place I always start. And there's so it's seemingly such a simple thing to do is ask, but I think 
that's the most difficult thing, right? Is being able to be open to the question mm-hmm. when we're asked that and being honest about it. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to kind of spit out something that feels comfortable and easy. But I think really being with the question, being honest about the answer, and that kind of leads me into the question that we were going to ask, which I don't really think we need to ask. But how do you recommend someone who's new to this practice? Because like Christina said, it's so funny. I don't usually Google things, right? Some people go to Google to tell Mm -hmm. them what is happening in their life and how to fix it. But I know a lot of people do that. And so people Google anything, right? Um, am I, do I have anxiety right now? How do I fix my marriage? Um, what is self care? And it's so funny, right? That there's these things and, and it's, I guess, a good thing and a bad thing that we have these resources out there. But for those who are really new to the type of self care that you just described, what is something that you think they can begin to do? You touched on it already and saying, paying attention to the language that we use, paying attention to the love that we're putting out there, how it feels to be the one putting it out there, and also how it feels to be the recipient of it. Is there anything else you think people can do to begin integrating this type of self-care into their lives? I think it's important to start by knowing we can, as human beings, we can learn anything. We can heal anything. And we can grow regardless of where we're at, right? We live in the desert, very little rain, and we have so many, right? What do we have, 35 edible plants in our desert, right? So that's the place to start. If you're not happy with where you are, you have the power to change it. And we have so many resources right at the click of a computer. But it has to start with you wanting something for yourself better than what you have. Mm-hmm. And, know, and knowing that it's your birthright to really embody yourself and embody your life and to have the life that you're destined to have with joy and love and forgiveness and trust. That's your birthright. So you have the right to go out and get it. And as soon as you sort of get yourself together enough to want it for yourself, life will come to you. Life will greet you. Life will help you. But you got you to gotta take the first step because life is not waiting. Life gave you life, right? right. You have a body. You have a beating heart. Now it's your, your job to ignite it, get it going. And the minute you take this first step, life meets you. Life just keeps meeting you, right? Just keeps meeting yes, you. it does. It comes to you right, everything comes to you right as you need it. But it has to start with you wanting to ignite your own self because nobody can do that for you but you. Absolutely. And I have to say this because Sandra's always telling me, like, you have to get good with the fact that you have influence or I've heard her tell people you have to get good with the fact that you were put on this earth to love those around you. That is that is not just everyone's gift, but you have it you have it like times ten, right? And these lessons that each of us all have. Um, and so going back to this thing, or me naturally, like if I were he- hearing this for the first time and I weren't already working with you and I heard what you just said and really heard it, I would be like, I want that. How do I get that? I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. And if someone is ready for it in a way and they feel called to work with you, is that mm-hmm. something that you're... Um, sure, they could, we could do classes online for sure. Or not even for just sure. that, but um, like I know you do Zoom work with yeah, people. I do. And so I do. just being able to, like we said, holding space and sharing, mm-hmm. sharing people with other people and mm-hmm. um, opportunities. I just wanted to put that out there that if this resonates with you and this is something that you're interested in, here's another person in our community even if you're not in Tucson 
access to Sandra is available, right? Yes. Okay. And so you can just message us via email or on Instagram to um, ask us how to get in contact with her and we can happily share that with you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm always one for wanting to know kind of the beginnings of things and how mm -hmm. things started. And so I want to know, when did you first start practicing self-care and how did this kind of cultivate and come into your life, this practice? Well, you know, we are who we are. And we are also where we come from. We're hugely influenced by our ancestors, our heritage, whether we acknowledge it or not, we're hugely influenced by that. And so I was hugely influenced by it. Yo soy mexicana, I came, my mother's from Mexico. I come from una casa muy mexicana, right? I grew up in it with a family who were very concerned about our neighbors. I'm, I'm the eighth born of 12 children, so I grew up in a tribe. And it has always felt natural to me to be inclusive. So whether I was in middle school where I was the president of the Wallflower Club, where <laughs> I had all of my friends in middle school make sure that all of the boys that were not attractive got the opportunity to dance, you know? <laughs> I, went, I mean, I just had been doing it a long time. I've been, had my eye out on my fellow human beings my whole life. And I have always known that we are much better off in the collective than we are in, 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 in the, I'm better off with you than without you. And so anything that I can do to have my whole life, you know, when I had babies, I put mom and tots groups together. I put my kids in community schools. I, I'm, I'm community oriented. I was born into it, you know, so, and I have expanded it and worked with it and benefited from it and loved it. So where did it start? I mean, I guess it started, you know, in my grandmother's, right? <laughs> when yeah. my grandmother conceived my mother's when it yeah. started, right? Yeah. Quite literally, that was yeah. the promise that I could exist <laughs> when my grandmother conceived my mother. So, so I guess that's when it started, but there's no one place and it's not by design and I didn't get here because I planned it. It's like I just followed the breadcrumbs of my own life. And it just keeps, and the other thing is that I'm really, really good at saying yes. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at saying yes. Even when I want to say no, I say yes. And so that also flies in the face of modern day self-care, you know, like protect your time. I don't really follow that map. I sleep well. I have a loving husband and loving children. I'm well cared for, but I don't, I don't. I don't look through life through the lens of having to protect my time or my place or my space. I don't look through the lens of having to protect. I really look through the lens of, you know, what's next? What do I have to offer? Where can I go? And yeah, sure. Okay. I'll do that. Right. <laughs> so I guess it starts with a big fat. Yes. Yeah. Invitation. That yeah. is yes. one thing that I, uh, just a, a constant reminder from Sandra, like, I love that you taught me that years ago. We don't get many invitations, right? Because yeah. we don't really. Like, no, if not you think really. about it, especially now, right, with the year that we just experienced, but we really don't get very many of them. And so I'm always amazed at when you offer something to someone, um, and it's such a great opportunity, and they don't take it. I'm like, what is, why, why, why the no? But you explained that to me some time ago. Some people are just yes people, and some people are just no people. But I love that you shared that. Just say yes, because yeah. 
so amazing what the universe will continue to present you with if you just open it up that one time to the yeah. possibility of yes. Yeah, because it takes courage to say yes. Mm -hmm. It takes courage. And I think that we live at a time where we're really short on courage. Yeah. We're, we're, we have an overgrowth of fear, mm -hmm. an undergrowth of love, and no courage. Where's, people, where's people's courage? Where's the courage to say yes? Where's this courage to step out and help your neighbor? Where's the courage to deep, dig deep into your pockets and give money for no reason to people of need? Like, where's the courage? Mm -hmm. Where's the courage? And if you don't have courage, you can't really have trust. Right. So we don't have courage, and now we're all, you know, we're just woefully distrustful. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that we could back it up, say, start saying yes, have a lot more courage, and then as a result, we'll have a lot more trust because they live together. Yes. Yeah. I think it's interesting as you guys are talking, I'm kind of thinking also because I'm in absolute agreement with everything you're saying. And then I'm also have this other conversation in my head going of like, protect your time. It's that protect your time piece and that idea of like, um, I, I came from a place where in as like a counselor and in that particular world, like outside of your hours and outside of work, there was this like box, this idea of protecting your time, this idea that like there was a separation between work and, and pleasure and the way, and I think this is fascinating because I think this does afford people the opportunity to kind of flip their perspective just a little bit and begin to look at how this, um, can all work together and how when you switch that perspective you all of a sudden open a door or a window to be able to see things um, right. to see the yeses in a different way to mm -hmm. see it not as mm -hmm. so much of an energy thing of as of an opportunity um, so I'm going to sit with that one just yeah. a little bit and well, I'm so glad we're talking about this this I, I'm a big believer that health is a function of participation you're, you're healthy if you're participating. Mm -hmm. I think that the more you participate, the healthier you are. And the point of self-care is for health, vitality, right? right? right. So you can't, I, the, the capacity to exercise the muscle of participation is far more important than, you know, me taking a nap or me, you know, like I, participate first, rest second. Don't, you know, like I do. It's not an effective model. A much more effective model is, is participate. Don't burn out. Participate in a way that increases your vital force energy, increases your life force, has you healthy, and from there, take care. Right. From that place of participation, once you're actively participating, then make sure that you're resting and, but you, Get participating first. Right. Get active first. Mm -hmm. Get engaged first. Mm -hmm. And then determine where you need to protect yourself. Right. How about, like Christina said, we shift perspective and maybe just sit with the possibility that maybe we're not participating as much as we need. And in saying, yes, I'm willing to participate, then we can start to begin to look at where we, um, where we go from here, right? right? Okay, now we can begin to be active in self-care and engaged in our lives and so I'm just thinking about that because I know that there are many people that are no people that are listening to us and they're like I have so much to do I am right. participating right but are you really <laughs> well but I mean you know look we all have the laundry to do yep. and the grocery shopping yep. to do and the bills to pay and the 
right? The children to tend to and the play dates and all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily fall in the category of participation. Right. Thank you. for Because that. that can be obligatory, something I have to do, fall in the category. Participation is something where you partake in, you give yourself to, you offer yourself up, you give yourself, <laughs> right? Yes. So, you know, that's, I'm not talking about doing the laundry, clean out the refrigerator mm -hmm. and, you know, clean out the car. That's not participation. That's just like obligatory household. If that's all you're doing, then stop doing that. <laughs> let the laundry mount, mount and get out there and figure out how to offer yourself in the world and participate. Because that is ultimately where your vital force energy will thrive and life will come to you and opportunities will find their way to you. Thank you for saying that. That's yes, that couldn't have said it better. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. it's back to self, and this comes back to knowing yourself, mm -hmm. and really, the very first thing that we can offer to you on self care is to know thyself and to begin to build off of those things mm -hmm. about yourself by saying yes mm -hmm. and participating, and by accepting as things come and when you're there then begin to kind of separate out and see where you need to attend to for rest and health and all of these right. things we've yeah. got that mm -hmm. if you guys can get all of this rolled into your first new year's <laughs> resolution i'm going to be seriously impressed i will be even more impressed though if we can each take a step every day and a breath with this knowing that this is what we are trying to strive for thank you so much yeah thank you stuff. yes thank, thank you, you thank for you for saying me. yes yeah yes <laughs> thank you for saying yes <laughs> that's great